here's Shane McMahon and uh, is that was, was that the new the new day Becky Lynch and that's like the holy cow roster. Smackdown Live is here. Smackdown Live is entering the arenas. This is a song. Strength right here. Smackdown United. How many are there, guys? And Kurt Angle, our general manager, he's alone in the ring. Under siege. Blue team. Go get him! I'm on Raw and SmackDown. I've known of no bad blood between the two brands. I thought it was a great working relationship. I don't understand what this is about. The premeditated strike, guys. Survivor Series. I know what it was, but, but why? At Survivor Series, I want you to bring your gold medal, what's left of your Raw roster, and we're all going to finish what we started. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Raw didn't strike tonight. Say so you're worried about nothing. After last night, I thought for sure Kurt Angle was going to bring the Raw roster and ransack SmackDown. But they didn't, huh? Not tonight they didn't. But they will. Eventually. And you better be prepared for all the consequences. Because that's in your job description. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast, another wrestling podcast. It's called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. I am, of course, Justin Morissette, the wrestling pariah, the ladies' choice, young J-Mo Morissette. And with me, as always, your friend and mine, the janitor himself, Josh Custodio! Oh, Justin, I am fired out of a cannon this week. What an intro. Oh, I'm all fired up. It's got a big pod feel here today. Yes, it does, We're Josh. We're going to kick down the doors and get it going. I've got to agree with you there, Josh Custodio. Now, Josh, how are you doing this week? This is a Halloween episode. It's very spooky, yes? Yeah. Uh, ooh. <laughs> that is. You can't even handle how spooky it is. We are in costume <laughs> right now. Justin, we have, we have a confession to make. Yes. This is actually me, the janitor himself, Josh Custodio, and you are... Justin Morissette. Yeah, we, we did a sort of a, a Halloween costume thing there at the beginning. I was so convinced by my own performance that I almost fooled myself. How was it being me there for a second? Because being you was amazing. Um, it was, it was, yeah, it was, you know, to truly understand a man, you have to walk a mile <laughs> in his shoes. I feel like I have just like a deeper knowledge of who you really are josh are we now hashtag better friends uh, i don't know that that's possible because before we were hashtag best friends and how do you get better than best I'm, oh man I'm, now i'm fired up <laughs> i'm back in character this does have a big pod feel hello and welcome ladies and gentlemen to top marks if you are not familiar with the podcast every single week josh and i break down the top three stories in the world of professional wrestling and uh, we got a big show for you. Obviously, last week we previewed TLC, yep. and I thought we did a pretty good job of it. Justin, and could you tell me what we're going to do in uh, round number two? 
well, that was that. I'm not. I haven't even told you what we're doing in round number one yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm just. I'm trying to be you. It's it's tough here. Sometimes you jump in. It's uh, it's a it's a fine tightrope walk. I'm just saying that we did a preview of a pay-per-view. Yes. And then the pay-per-view got radically altered before it went to air. It really did. And our preview was like instantly nullified. Rendered and completely useless. Completely irrelevant. But it seemed like a bunch of people listened to it anyway. Yeah, thanks for the, the downloads and listen, folks. I suspect some of that is thanks to our first guest there, Ian Williams, last week. Definitely go back and listen to that if you haven't heard it, because he did uh, brought some amazing fire to the podcast. So uh, to people who this may be their first time, hello and I love you. Welcome to the family of uh, Top Marks, another wrestling podcast. Yes, and uh, our top three stories this week. Well, should I say what they are, Josh? Yeah, maybe I need to ask you. Okay. No, you... How does this usually work? I usually tell you, but I ask if you want to know first. Uh, well, I usually ask what they are. Yeah. So if you okay, I'll do, do that. that. Hey, Justin, what are the three rounds this week? Hey, Josh, I'm going to tell you what the three rounds are this <laughs> Why week. Why don't you do that? I would love to. Round number one, we are going to, of course, review TLC, which might be even more valuable than our preview, considering we actually know what matches took place on this card. I think almost guaranteed it does. <laughs> yeah. And in round number two, we are, of course, going to talk about uh, the big angle that took place this week yeah. uh, on Monday Night Raw and kind of spilled over into SmackDown, but not quite in the way that some might have expected, which might be a good thing. Uh, yeah. They'll play a bit of a long game here. It is, of course, the invasion of SmackDown uh, taking over Raw. Raw being hashtag under, under siege. siege. We're going to talk about that, of course, and uh, we are going to cap it off in round number three with a discussion about everyone's favorite Demon King. Oh, is he? The man himself, Finn Balor. Spoiler alert, he's my least favorite Demon King. Well, I think he's number one of one on <laughs> everyone's Demon King list. Both the best and so worst. So I guess technically that makes him my least favorite as well. <laughs> but we'll get to that in round number three. All of that plus uh, Sunday Night Tweet yeah. in between rounds as well. So look forward to that. And uh, I guess should we should we get this show uh, underway? Justin, Justin, Justin. You know that I'm here trying to keep a roof over our heads. You know very well that we make a great deal of money from this podcast. You know, we'll be able to retire any day now because of sponsorships like these. We have a new sponsor this week, This could be the last episode because, you know, (laughs) just one more show. Yeah. And once that sponsor money comes in, then that will be the final check I need to retire. Off into the sunset, Justin. So uh, We might not be back for episode 21. I, but this maybe we 20? will. It is, yeah. Well, congratulations to us. Yeah, they right? said it couldn't be done. I mean, I don't know who said that, but... Well, they, they said it. <laughs> who said it? Well, lots of people. No, let me let me know exactly who told you that well, so I can track them down. I don't want you to kill anybody. Tell them that we did it, yeah. all right? Yeah, haters. You didn't even believe that this could happen? This is... This is simple. So, so Justin, I, I do need to tell you, you know, as you know, but not everyone else, I'm a little sick right now, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best to get through True, this. Sure, you are under the weather. So, so as we all are, really, if you think about it, no <laughs> one can be above the weather. Hits blood. <laughs> okay, Justin, are you ready? <laughs> Justin, do you ever have a, a job around the house where, where you can't uh, be small enough to accomplish it? Um. I mean, it, like, in what sense? 
It, well, this time in a, a size sense. Like Sometimes if I drop something and it's like a, kind of a narrow hole. Sure, to yeah, you got to fit your it. hand in there yeah. or maybe a small space. You got to operate in, a, I don't know, an attic or something. Yeah, I yeah. think so, yeah. Well, it sounds like what you need, Justin, are the help of Tiny Hands Labor Services. They fit where you don't. Tiny Hands Labor Services is the number one child slave labor re- day labor renter on earth. Did you know that, Justin? I, I did not know that. For literally pennies on the dollar, Justin, you can rent children from Tiny Hands Labor Services and have them do the shit you don't want to. So to be clear, this is actual children, not like, uh, you know, people who are actually adults but just can kind of pass as no, children, no, these maybe are... in the background of like a, a 90s, like... <laughs> Teen drama? No, Justin. Tiny Hands Labor Services guarantees that your assistant will be 13 years or younger. Oh, wow. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. So, uh, yeah, if you need any help around the house, places you can't fit, why don't you give the pe- good people over at Tiny Hands Labor Services a call? I mean, I know this... Uh, <laughs> There's the front car of a train. Uh, exactly that right. Could definitely use some some fixing. That Such train. small engine parts. <laughs> That's. I mean, you do have to put children there. <laughs> exactly. I have seen that documentary Snowpiercer. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. There. <laughs> so, Justin, if you need help around the house, who are you going to call? I am absolutely going to call Tiny Hands Labor Services. And if you use discount code Top Marks, well, you'll. There's really a discount, but. At least one of your laborers will have extra small hands. Wow, there you go, Justin. That's a promise you made, and I did it. Tiny Hands Labor <laughs> Services. They fit where you don't. All right, and with that, let's move on to round, round number one. one. Round one. Fight. Now, Josh, you know you and I are good friends. We are hashtag good friends. And in fact, we're so close that we watch pay-per-views together. We do do that. You were right over here on Sunday night in my very own home These watching all- this pay-per-view with me. <laughs> this is all true facts. Yeah, and we sat in chairs around a table uh, at stuff that probably was carried up a ladder at some point you in do its live timeline. What floor is this? The this 27th? The 27th floor. Yeah, not even reachable by yeah. ladder. So probably not the first time that... Tables, ladders, and chairs have been seen in this room. I'm out. <laughs> and certainly not the last. <laughs> but we did watch TLC this week. We absolutely did. And uh, what did you think of this show? Justin, I was not a fan of this show. Uh, I, I do need to say off the top that uh, when this, as you called it in the intro, radical change happened, I was more interested in the pay-per-view out the gate. It, it, it increased my interest going into TLC, but I, I didn't feel that the show delivered for me, e- even especially the main event, didn't really deliver. I'm sure we'll get more to the specific matches, but my overall feeling was uh, not very strong for TLC. Okay. I, I liked it. I did enjoy it. I, like you, had a boosted interest in all of these change-ups and how they were going to be handled over the course of the show, uh, and, and it kind of became a televised house show in some ways certainly true of the main event and aj as a result of that change yeah uh but beyond that it was fun to have to watch them set up an entirely new match in like three hours of build basically and credit to the miz for cutting an incredible promo backstage that his entire team stepped in on and they all delivered the goods that was a wonderful heel promo and just a perfect placement and usage of Miz as like this ringleader of a stable of heels that like this is exactly what he should be doing he is in the exact right place and it's very rare that you can look at someone on WWE TV and feel that about them yeah Justin sometimes when we record the show it feels like these pay-per-views are ages ago so I'm sort of being reminded as you say this 
I loved that backstage segment. I had forgotten. I thought that was a genuine highlight of the show. Like you say, positioning Miz as this savvy, smart, but a very capable leader. Like, the guys got fired up. They felt united from the Miz of all people. Somebody that you've watched backstab countless people and be a snake, but he's so conniving and cunning that he pulls it off every time, and you're right to call attention to that because that was a super strong promo. Maybe we should start there. That was the great promo. What did you think of this match? I'm talking about Kurt Angle, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose versus The Miz, Braun Strowman, Kane, and The Bar. Well, I feel like suddenly the absence of Roman Reigns was a big-time benefit to Seth and Dean. Yeah. Because so much of this, like we talked about last week, has not really felt like a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion so much as, like, Roman is strong, and here's his cool buds. His friends, you know? Roman and the two other guys. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and so re- removing him from that and like having to put the shine back on these two guys who really do deserve it quite For a sure. lot. It was, it was super fun in the early stages. This is a long match. This is just as long as the main event of Hell in a Cell, yeah. which kudos to Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon for putting on a hell of a show and telling a great story sustained over the same amount of time that, like, eight guys had trouble filling the time Yeah, an entire match was set up, all these sorts of things. And I thought Shane and KO was a much better match. But uh, I agree with that for sure. I still enjoyed this match a ton, even though there are some weaknesses in its logic, especially in, like, the middle portion. Yeah. But, like, just watching uh, Seth and Dean run around the ring and still, like, have the numbers advantage, even though they should be severely disadvantaged. And just beating guys up with chairs one by one and how quick they were able to lead this, like, chair assault. <laughs> it made them both look incredible, like, as good as they've looked maybe since the shield dissolved. Yeah, I think and, that might be true. And both of those guys deserve to get, like, shining moments like that. So I really enjoyed that. I thought all of Kurt's offense on his comeback <laughs> at the end, especially, especially the angle slam on Cesaro, oh. was, like, unbelievable like that was a really nasty bump for Cesaro but credit to him because he made Kurt look like a million bucks man all the angle offense as little as I was enjoying the match outside of it anytime Kurt Angle put his hands on someone even when he's just hitting the Germans on everybody everybody's just feeding them to him right they're sprinting into him normally I wouldn't get that into something like that but seeing Kurt Angle again what a trip and so much credit to WWE because when he came out with the shield that was a fun moment you get the quasi shield entrance but I was a little let down that you didn't get the angle entrance I feel like it's good though that they're still saving something that like well they, they, they did the angle they broke entrance. glass in case of emergency, but we still have not gotten full angle, you know? Not full, but sort of, because when he re-enters the match... But he's still wearing shield gear. Like, we haven't seen the full Kurt Angle experience. That gets to still be saved for the match that it was originally being saved for. What do you think that is? I have no idea, but probably something at WrestleMania. I'm assuming that the problem that you have with this match is the whole dissolution among the team and the Kane and Braun stuff. Well... Just And some real stupidity. Some real flying in the face of everything you've told us about The Miz for the past, what, year? That he's a, he wins matches. They are, he does it in shitty ways and he's conniving, but he is a winner. Mm. And they had five on two, Seth and Dean laying in the middle of the ring for probably eight to ten minutes of that match. And no one even attempts a pinfall? It's so bizarre. You have a healthy Braun Strowman. Kane is, or uh, not Kane, rather, Kurt Angle is out of the match. And lying dead in the center are the only other two guys. And no one goes for the pin? 
It's completely out of... It makes them all look like idiots. And I get that they're heels. I understand that. But for that long, it made no sense to me in the moment. I was taken out of the match from there. The only moment that I had that I was kind of pulled out of the logic of was when it looks like the team is dissolving and there's this first flare-up of tension between Kane and Braun and all of the heels are, like, arguing amongst themselves to stop their team from blowing up. Yeah. Seth and Dean, instead of just, like, hanging back and watching these guys <laughs> yeah. tear each other to pieces, <laughs> this was <bad>. immediately decided <laughs> to jump into the middle of that and remind them, oh, yeah, we are all on the same team. Let's start beating these guys up again. I did notice that, too. And I was like, what the <laughs> hell? Who who on earth would see? This is but, your chance. But overall, I really did enjoy, like, the Kane Braun spots. Yeah. And, like, dropping all of those chairs on him is apparently something that's been done between, like, Cena and Barrett back in the day. I don't remember that Yeah, spot. me neither. Interesting. And even if it has been done before, I wasn't here for it. That spot it was, was cool. new to me. I thought it was awesome. That spot was really cool. And it just, like, made Braun look like a monster until they literally murdered him with a garbage <laughs> truck. Yeah, Braun is dead now, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace, Papa Braun Strowman. As they were compressing it, like crushing him with the truck, I was <laughs> expecting like red ooze to start. Like, Maybe the same barbecue sauce yeah. they poured on Finn Balor. Yeah, the, the acidic, viscous liquid or whatever <laughs> they called that. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they clearly had to book themselves out of a tight spot, yeah. given that that's not obviously what their plan was at all. I enjoyed the, the, the match. I enjoyed the main event, and I really enjoyed the other one that was thrown together. Why don't uh, we talk about that? Let's that, go right to that. AJ Styles and Finn Balor. There they are. Two, uh, two people who are beloved by, I think, a very similar sect of wrestling mm-hmm. fan, fair to say. Um, I thought this was a very good, very sound match. I don't know if it's as good as some other people are making it out to be. I think in the context of that card, it looked like the greatest bit of wrestling ever put together because it was surrounded by whatever you think of the rest of the card for enjoyment. There wasn't a whole lot of really A-tier wrestling. Um, I'd say the Cruiserweight tag was a pretty good wrestling match. I agree, but I don't even think it was as good as either of the Cruiserweight tag matches on Raw either week before or after. That You might be right about that. I, I thought it was okay, but I, I certainly you, you watch those guys do more impressive things on a semi-regular basis. True. It's just like if you don't watch 205 live then to see them like to have that kind of time yeah is kind of refreshing sure yeah if I, you're I not that. seeking out that show on your own i you think know? that's totally fair and i like i totally understand people who want to take the approach of like i can't believe that match was on a pay-per-view at the same time it was a well-built feud that took place over weeks and weeks and weeks yeah just on a show that you don't happen to watch and it was a good match. And, you know, like, I do enjoy that style. And I wish that cruiserweight tag teams like those yeah. guys got a chance to work within the main tag division as well. And really, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to. There's, there's ways commentary can get that over. Yeah, true. Uh, but let's get back to Balor and AJ. Yes, let's do it. Why, why don't you... What, what, I think you like this match more than me. Fair to say? Yeah. I mean, it was not the match that you might hope for that this match would be. Because, like, there's a lot riding on this beyond just, like, two guys that work a cool style and should be complimentary to each other. Mm -hmm. They are both, of course, former leaders of the quote-unquote notorious club. (laughs) Uh, Which is, you know, I guess the Bullet Club is, is like, full WWE canon at this point. They are... They are suing its members while still acknowledging it on their own television. <laughs> the Notorious is, Club is Conor McGregor's th- faction. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> uh, but 
you know, it didn't get the time that you might think it should. Yeah, it felt I, like it could have gone on. I yeah. would have liked that match to be even 10 minutes longer. Sure. Like it could have gone half an hour easily. And then suddenly we don't have to deal with this stupid uh, Elias, Jason Jordan bullcrap. Oh. Like, give that time to Finn and AJ okay. and get yourself, like, a real match of the year instead of just, like, a really good WWE match. Maybe the best coup de gras I've ever seen, though. Oh, easily. Yeah, that was horrific. Yeah. Like, I thought he was going to go through AJ. I, I couldn't even – I watched it a couple times. I couldn't figure out what AJ did so well to, to sell it. I know that he sort of crunches on his arms going I around just the think, legs. I just think Finn, like, went all in. Yeah, because I guess so. I mean, yeah, that should kill a guy, basically. Yeah, it was. Think, to it looked take the brutal. full brunt of that, but he did not really like cushion it in any way. It certainly it didn't look that really, way. really rough. Which again goes a long way to doing what this match was supposed to do, what this feud with Bray Wyatt was supposed to do, oh. and that's make Finn Balor look like a million bucks. Yeah, which they then turn around <laughs> and squander. We'll talk about that in round number three. <laughs> will we? Because, like, yeah. I, yeah, I guess we will. It but, was silly. But it was a good match. It was a really good match. Easily the best match on this card. I have to agree with that. Uh, although I do want to give a little credit here, and I'm not saying that this was as good of a match, but but I thought Alexa and Mickey James, Alexa Bliss and Mickey James, over-delivered for me. I was pretty into that match. Yeah, it was definitely one of Alexa's best matches. Yeah. yeah I think I, you had called that on the week uh, before show, too. I, I said it wasn't. I, I said it's not the best permutation, like the best combination of women that you can use to get like the best possible match, but I felt like it would be pretty good, and that's yeah. probably exactly what it was. And I think so. the wrestling pariah, Justin Morris, that nailed I it once again. again yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of great matches, what did you think of Enzo and Kalisto? Oh, boy. it. I mean, it was had multiple botches in it, obviously. Yeah. And even the finish was confusing to the commentators themselves. Yep. Like, they weren't sure if Enzo had used a brass knucks or not. And yeah, they was, kept saying it, it looks like, like it's maybe rake. some sort of foreign weapon. No, it was just an eye rake. Oh, I know. And then they, they, they got on that page eventually and were like, oh, yeah, that. I guess that's the finish then. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, like yeah. even commentary. This no fucking guy, Enzo. I don't know what to say about him. Yeah. He but, does one thing so well and but, one thing but so bad. Ben on Raw, again, was awesome. Yeah. So, you know, who can say? This guy Enzo And he didn't even talk on Raw. And it was still, I guess that whole match, he got carried by the rest of the division in some ways. But that's perfect for him. Yeah. That's that's exactly what they should be doing. Yeah. Um, Boy, we are into the shits here. Uh, Jason Jordan and Elias. Man. I don't even remember this. Did we watch this? I mean, we mostly fast-forwarded through the match itself, but there wasn't much to fast-forward to through because I think it was only, like, three minutes long, which means that, like, the total time of sketches that were used to set this stupid match up in the first (laughs) place went, like, probably three times as long as the match itself. (laughs) <laughs> Multi- like, it's infuriating on a night when they promised us a Drew Gulak PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. That that does not happen, and we get Jason Jordan <laughs> throwing, I guess, Kurt Angle's, like, meal prep for his big oh. match oh. at Elias over the course of the night. Why else would someone have so a, a shopping cart full of groceries? It was so bad. Throwing kale and celery. Repeatedly. They did this thing. Three separate times. You talking about this is annoying me. That's On how the pay-per-view. Dude, I, I do not fuck with Jason Jordan at all. 
Like, yeah. see, I am not into them. Uh, I don't want to Suplexes, good suplexes. Yeah, whatever. But, like, I like the Drifter, though. Me too, man. And I thought yeah. that the Drifter on his own in that segment was doing very well. And then Jordan came out and fucking tanked it. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Justin, we'd be remiss to exit this round without talking about the debut of Asuka. I thought that was a pretty solid match. I thought the entrance was cool. People responded to her pretty well, which is, is good to see. What did you think of this? I, I've seen a lot of reaction of people being pissed that now in two matches, both on the pay-per-view and Raw, Asuka did not just completely, like, Goldberg her. Oh, okay. Uh, they weren't squash matches, that Emma got to get some offense in, that now she feels exactly like everyone else on the roster. I don't think so. Like, to me, no. even in NXT, it wasn't that Asuka was destroying every single person. Exactly. You know, she yeah. had good matches. She just always won. And, like, the streak is the story, not that she's, like... Goldberging people, that's never been the story. And I don't want them to do the exact same thing that they did to the NXT women's division over the last year, which is basically salt the earth and make everyone else look like a chump so that Asuka looks great. Maybe learn from that mistake and don't like make Sasha Banks look like shit because she's on the roster. <laughs> but, you know. Oh, like, wait, maybe I should talk after the yeah, round. Yeah, you, you can refute that point. Hey, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I was really, I liked that. <laughs> All right, well. I, could, I just wanted to say that's something. Your, that's your, like, overtime? That was Sorry, like... I should have been buzzing you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> we are very bad at switching roles. Yeah, I know. I still naturally want to go into my own thing. I know, me too. <laughs> but I'm trying. I'm trying to be you, Josh, because this, this, this is, is the Halloween content that the people demanded. Yeah, I feel spooked up. Ooh. So, Justin, are we going to get into round number two here? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right. Moving on to round, round number two. two. Round two. Fight. Now, Josh, I know you're a history buff. Oh, me? Yeah, I love I love the past. Every time I go over to your place, you're always watching History Channel. Yeah, that's because I like ancient aliens. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You want to know what those aliens did and all the artifacts that they left on Earth <laughs> for us to puzzle out. That's exactly. I'm not saying it's aliens, yeah. but. But, I mean, if it was aliens, that in itself is its own form of an invasion. Are you... <laughs> wow, you were a better bee than me. I was going to go for like Normandy or something okay. like that. But then, hey, aliens, that works for you me You nailed too. it. I should, you know what? I feel good about it. That was the perfect non sequitur to open the round that you tied back in to what the round was well, about. There we go. Lottie Da, I have <laughs> learned from the master and studied him well over 20 episodes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we saw an invasion angle this past Monday on Raw to yes. close out the show. And, you know, just like Asuka, we were talking about some complaints about how she's been handled. There were complaints about this as well because, yeah. uh, you know,. Uh, I don't think there's any refuting that it was a cool segment. This is so reliably dope. Even when it's not done the best, it's a thrill to see the worlds come together. It's the reason you do a brand split. I, I, it's the visuals, you. I'm never tired of this. Every time it feels like a big deal. I understand that there are some complaints, but when I was watching Raw, I was thinking, this is exciting. We have things like Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler working side by side yeah, on terrible. Team SmackDown. Awful. When they're feuding together. We have things like uh, Chad Gable attacking Jason Jordan during the invasion. <laughs> you told me this before the show. I didn't even notice that that happened. We watched Raw together well, as well. Because Jordan is now like basically wearing the same 
outfit and color and get up as like um, Mojo Raleigh at this point, yeah. and he's ditched his singlet. It's not even clear to me if you don't see his face, like who he is. Yeah, I, so I have he no was idea. just a, a black guy in a green little, you know, lime green like, uh, trunks getting jumped by Chad Gable. <laughs> you didn't see his face. It was like, yeah, I, I. It took me a second viewing of the segment oh. to realize that Gable was attacking. Because that should be a big moment that's why these crossovers happen gable attacking jordan should feel like a big moment here i didn't even know what happened yeah like that could be a match definitely pay-per-view that i would be way more into than seeing miz face baron corbin yeah can we are we gonna talk about these matchups in this invasion angle i guess no i guess we can talk a little bit about that right now too okay what the hell biz miz versus baron corbin who is interested in this yeah heels facing off yeah you have a lot of heel champions right now on both sides so it's like right up and down the card basically except for the tag match I mean, even Brock can be argued that definitely be a heel. I thought Heyman's promo was pretty face on Monday, but but even still, yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's so weird. I'm not into. How like, do you feel? Alexa versus Natalia does not seem like it's going to be no. It was like, interesting. Terribly interesting. Like I like both of them as performers, but sure. that is not going to jive together. Like it doesn't. Nothing is clicking, and it's like Miz versus Baron Corbin is like. Awful. M- Miz operating in any feud with there's a guy n- isn't on his show. What is that? There's not one part of Miz versus Corbin that I want to see. In that, like, these characters do not click together no. at all. It's because they're both heels. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the reason. And, and completely different kinds of heels. Of course, yeah. And if you were to, like, play them against each other, I don't think there's any chance that Miz doesn't come off as a babyface. Yeah. And babyfacing Miz right now is like the worst thing you could do Awful with Awful idea. I, I, I hated this booking. As soon as the graphic popped up for it, I don't even think that it's so obvious that the US title and IC champs have to face at these. Like, I, yeah. I, they, I think they can more than more than happily place them inside the Survivor Series match itself. Obviously, Usos versus uh, Seth and Dean is <laughs> going to be rad. Okay, yeah. Let, let's get out the way. I think everyone on Earth is stoked for this. Yeah, yes. but even Still, that seems like a missed opportunity that you're not doing Shield versus New Day. Sure. Like, that's the money match again. So, basically, nothing on this card is right. But I did still like the build. And honestly, I'll be honest, Josh, you know this. I do. I've already admitted it to you. What's that? But I've been... uh, Big Justin Rosenberg over here yeah. for the last several weeks because you know we might have talked about it here and there, but I have not up until this week. I skipped three weeks of Raw Ooh. in a row, and and I like I didn't miss it. I I did miss it in that like I wanted to see these Shield Miz segments. Yeah, but like boy, that's a big chunk of time to give up every week for something you can watch after. Yeah, and I just I didn't catch up with it because I was busy on Monday nights or whatever. But this week I actually watched. And I was like, wow, I do miss watching this on Mondays because that show was really good. Yeah. And even if there's internal logic inconsistencies within that big moment, it's still a big moment. And like, it's rare that we get those sorts of things. And I do feel like it makes some degree of sense. Like, technically, you never saw Ziggler and Rude, like, side-by-side working arm-in-arm together. They just were part of the same mob. And Ziggler even went on Twitter and said in an argument with Wade Keller that, like, look, I never have had a disagreement with Shane McMahon. I've always been mad at the crowd. I've always, like... 
been blaming the fans or whatever. Like, he didn't break character to no, this no. extent to explain it, but said, like, you know, and my dislike with Bobby Roode has never crossed the line into disrespect. Like, we still wait for the bell to ring in a match to happen. I'm not jumping him backstage. We are clearly coexisting in the same locker room. I got to pay Ziggler a compliment because that is absolutely the way to deal with it. I'm still such a purist that it seems weird to me because I don't, I don't understand why they would love SmackDown so much. Why, why do these guys? I get that they maybe want to appear as the stronger show. I think is that it? A lot of it comes from Kurt Angle being such a smug prick mm. during his first segment. Sure. In the opener. Now, we all laughed and had a good time watching him, and we're like, God damn, Kurt, that's some of your best acting since you've been back. He he was great. But, like, if you are Shane McMahon or if you are a wrestler for SmackDown, like, I think it's not beyond the realm of realistic storytelling for a SmackDown wrestler to already have some degree of a chip on their shoulder from the fact that it is widely regarded as being the lesser show. It's a good point that it's like that Raw is called the A show. Yeah. This sort of thing. Okay, I, I can see that. Uh, I wish they would have explained that on television. True, true. But like, I do feel like if anyone is going to attack, it should be SmackDown also. Yeah, d- because, that's definitely because true. Because of that. Because of this like overlooked, like, you know... Uh, redheaded stepchild feeling that the show has. Like, it's like a prison colony, you know? (laughs) The main stars are on Raw, and if you're not here, well, we're going to ship you off somewhere else, but if you're good, you'll eventually get to come to the A-show again, you know? like Yeah, I get that. So, like, if if they are going to really fight for pride, then I do feel like that is enough of a story, that, that that is enough for me to buy in and that, you know, I do believe that there would be hard feelings about that. Because, like, the, to me, like, if Survivor Series is going to be an annual event that's always brand versus brand, then it's basically, like, it's like a comic book event, essentially. Go on. Like, every single summer, Marvel Comics concocts some massive, elaborate scheme that has all of their books, like, yeah. mixing together. And, and all of their... You know, everything gets put on the table, like Civil War or whatever. Sure. Like big secret wars. They always have war in the title. But like, Star Wars, another <laughs> big exactly, one. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, there's just kind of, like, big comic events like that every single year. Yeah. And, like, you know, it's good for business because you, it makes you buy all these other books that you normally wouldn't read. Right. And maybe this is good for business in that, like, people who only watch Raw will be like, yeah, I do want to watch SmackDown and see what happens. Because there are still a lot of people who only watch one, and it's usually Raw. That's true. And, and to Ziggler's point there, they were obviously were selective about who they sent from SmackDown to invade Raw because missing were Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Jinder Mahal. Yeah. Jinder Mahal, I think it's okay to exclude the champion there, but it certainly makes to have Owens and Zayn, both who do have personal problems with Shane McMahon, to not be there. And I'm glad there was that level of And even Sammy went on Twitter and was like, I'm no pawn for a oh, McMahon. Oh, not, that's great. I'm not going to fight his fight for him. No. That's excellent. And yeah. I'm happy to see that. I would also, while we're on the topic of him, I thought Shane's performance on Monday was really excellent, too. Like, the, I like serious Shane. Yeah. And, and when he was, him and Angle had that great, like, there's so much going on in context here. They're both being friendly to their each other's faces, friendly, air quotes. But there's something there, something palpable. And I thought him and Angle both did a really good job getting that across. Yeah. And I, to me, the only thing was there that, you know, it kind of undercuts his argument 
against Sami Zayn for like mm. using underhanded tactics or whatever when he is clearly the heel in the Kurt Shane dynamic. That's right super now. interesting. I hadn't thought of that. That does suck. And yeah. then even he came back on SmackDown and was like, when you decided <laughs> yeah. to pull Kevin Owens out of the way out of fear for his health, you never considered what that would mean for my health. It's like, buddy, you yeah. decided <laughs> to jump off the thing. You were going to fucking kill this guy. Oh, uh, dude, this is my like, big you point. You don't get to be like, what about me? Oh. You you made that choice for yourself. Justin, we must be a couple great wrestling <laughs> minds because I was going to bitch about this for like five minutes. The <laughs> dumbest line. It's like, you didn't even consider. Well, no, Shane, he doesn't like you. Yeah. He loves Kevin Owens, <laughs> and he doesn't like you. It's like, you didn't even consider me. No shit, Shane. And like, also, what? like, that doesn't make any sense considering like even if you landed on kevin owens you would still be really fucked still up destroyed yeah. so now there's two of you destroyed yeah. It, it, yeah i hated that point i was hoping uh i hate that you brought it up but you did a better job with it than i would have um, yeah because, awful awful like, script. i just feel like it does sort of interfere with what they're doing but now it's like positioned that sammy and owens are these outsiders trying to lead Team SmackDown, yeah, but being like blocked by their authority figure. And I, I now. do think this is the best part of that. Now, while I was sad to see Sami Zayn lose in the main event last night of SmackDown, which was disappointing uh, for the right after he pinned Orton the week before, so silly. But I digress. I think it's very interesting to have like these outsider guys, Owens and Zayn. Hey, you can come join us. We're the pirates, like almost an invasion angle within an invasion angle. Yeah, and and if they can run with that a little bit, if they can recruit a couple guys to be like. I don't know. Shane is all making this about him. I, I don't know. Maybe I do join these guys. I think you could really have something there. And led by Zane and Owens. I mean, <laughs> what could more could you ask for? And suddenly, it's like you know, we always complain that Survivor Series puts everything else on hold. Yeah. That like you just are stuck in a holding pattern because you're waiting for the show to expire. But it doesn't really feel like that right now because like a lot of what Raw was doing was already team oriented yeah. and like. You know, the, and, that's a good point. And it's just the the only thing that I would complain about is clearly they just used AJ this week as a house show attraction, basically to put him in in the place of someone who was, uh, you know, like injured or or unhealthy, sick. Uh, Roman Reigns was under the weather, as we all are. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. And but there was no callback. There was no sort of like through line or or foreshadowing to him being like a shady partner to Seth and Dean or or anything of that nature. Right. In the earlier match, which was an amazing match. But you know, if you're going to use a SmackDown guy on the night where you're telling us that Survivor Series is the only night ever where SmackDown Raw characters interact other than tonight and last and night, last night and multiple house shows <laughs> and last week's Raw when Kane came back and he was on SmackDown before <laughs> And technically, like a bunch of different ones. It does. I think. I think you can give them an uh, excuse for pretty much anyone except for AJ on the same show. Like, yeah. it, it's okay if you want to stretch it a little bit, but it's like, no, that, that just happened forty-five minutes ago. Exactly. Don't tell me my memory is that. And then bad. AJ is the guy leading the beatdown of the Shield in the backstage segment. Also, that that was awful as well. So, like, you know, at least plant a seed for that. It just, I'm not even gonna say seeds. Uh, yeah. Just one. That's all I need. It, but overall, like, it was a really cool moment. It felt fresh and exciting. And sometimes, like, if you book for a moment, 
you're going to have logical inconsistencies, but the thrill that comes out of it is so worthwhile that it's worth that sacrifice, and I think this is one of those times. I, I agree, Justin, and like you say, it's only once you really pull up the magnifying glass that you can pick this thing apart. While I was watching it, I was excited, and I was enjoying it, and ultimately, that's what they were going for, I have to think. While there are these things that we brought up that are issues in that angle, I still do find myself looking forward to Survivor Series, and mm. ultimately, that's what they're doing. Uh, I also, not to jump too far here, but on SmackDown, the answer at the end of the show there there where Daniel Bryan goes, yeah, they didn't come, but they will. But they will. That's a great tease for SmackDown yeah. going forward. Like that, that is exciting. And to when me. they do, it's on you. And like I said this to you before the show, but like that kind of scene feels like it could take place like fucking at like the top of the wall in Game of Thrones yep. or whatever. Like you know, it has like an intrinsically high drama moment and appeal to it that's much larger than the typical storylines we get on a week-to-week basis on wrestling television and i think that heightened drama is worth it too i agree i i really do think the move here though is to show on social media some of the raw guys attacking smackdown not on the show just have the individual wrestlers saying that they got the message and good luck wrestling. We'll see you at Survivor Series. And they're throwing them into cars and shit. And, like, they have used social media very, very well because every single person who did invade yeah. Raw from the SmackDown side cut a big promo about it on their Twitter account immediately <laughs> afterwards. And speaking about Twitter, <laughs> speaking of Twitter accounts oh! immediately afterwards, it's time for everyone's favorite segment, the People's, People's Segment. segment. Sunday Night Tweet. Oh, I'm dancing. Josh, do you want to explain to the people what Sunday Night Tweet is all about? <laughs> Justin, I would love to explain to the people what Sunday Night Tweet is all about. Then go ahead and do it. Sunday Night Tweet, Justin. Normally, I, Josh Custodio, scour Twitter.com looking for the weirdest, most exciting, out-of-character tweets from active members of the WWE roster. And Justin Morissette then has to guess who the tweeter in question is. Based off of almost nothing, but since this is our spooky Halloween episode, Justin, (laughs) what's the difference this week? Uh, The difference is that I am your dungeon master this time. Hey now. I have chosen the tweets, and you must guess. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Okay, this is getting too scary, actually. If we could... Here, don't don't reel, leave this in, but if you go, I'm actually getting scared. Okay, so okay. Please don't leave this in. It'll make me look. Okay. So it's a Sunday win. night tweet. Spooktacular. <laughs> oh, please. Uh, you got to leave this out, but I'm horrified. <laughs> okay. Uh, should we start with uh, the first tweet here? What a great place to start. All right. So uh, tweet number one. Yeah. Is, it's not a quote tweet, but it's kind of similar to one. Oh. Uh, instead <laughs> of like quoting a tweet... This person got a push notification from a news organization okay. and took a screen grab of their lock screen and posted it uh, and then captioned it. So it's like a quote sure. tweet, yeah. but it's a photo. Do the kids love this? The kids are not quite as sold on this as they are on quote <laughs> tweets. Uh, but this is a, a screen grab of a push notification from Time Magazine. Yeah. And Time says, you can see Uranus with the naked eye tonight. Here's how to get the best view. (laughs) That's good. And this person posted that screen grab with, hey guys, just so you know. Okay, so this is an active member of the WWE roster. Yes. Maybe they, Uranus, pun. I'm going to, oh shoot. Okay, I'm going to go, because it's punny, I know Becky Lynch likes puns, I'm going to go Becky Lynch. Josh, it is Becky Lynch. Yeah! Oh, feels good. You are one 
for one. Oh, my gosh. Well this done. Is, this is very good. Let's call it here. All right. Uh, well, well, we're going to move on to tweet number two. Oh, this one's and it's going to be a little tricky. I'm going to have to read this verbatim. Okay, go ahead, Justin. Okay. So tweet number two. Yeah. Uh, this is a quote tweet, as the kids love. Thank goodness. And the, the quote tweet uh, is a question being asked of the wrestler in question. Okay. They ask... How do you feel about me having your entrance as my entrance on WWE 2K18 career mode? Okay, cool. I understand the question. And the answer from this uh, superstar is, Stephen, do whatever ye want, mate. Am no your ma. <laughs> Why is the person talk so weird? <laughs> I know, right? Okay, so talk's weird. What? Stephen, do whatever ye want, mate. Am no your ma. Oh, I've got this. This is known video game lover, the Viper, Randy Orton. I'm sorry, Josh, but that was the Scottish supernova, Noam Dar. Oh, son of a bitch. I should have recognized it. I know, right? The dialect. But I guess Randy Orton hears voices in his head, and some of them could be speaking in a... Cockney oh. accent. <laughs> Man, that's frustrating. How was I ever going to get that I one? know. Exactly. You never know what number two is going to be. Uh, tweet number three was posted earlier today, yeah. and it is a, a link to an Instagram post of a video of this gentleman playing a vinyl record. He has been posting on Instagram throughout the day. Okay. He was pumpkin carving with his family on Instagram earlier. Family, okay. But after a day full of pumpkin carving... He posted this video, and it is a, a tweet version of it linking to it that says, Propagandy Official, new album on vinyl. Oh. Yes, effin' please. Oh. And then five, punk, uh, five exclamation points. And then hashtag punk rock, hashtag records, hashtag vinyl. Okay, so I feel like I should be able to figure this one out. I also tweeted about that propaganda record three weeks ago or so. I love it. A return of a great Canadian punk band. Uh, gosh, this feels like it has to be Sammy. I feel like you're... You, see, is it too obvious that it's Sammy Zayn? It knows a Canadian punk band that I also like. This Canadian, has a Canadian punk band. So somebody who's <sighs> Canadian and has like a big-time punk streak yeah, and in their gimmick. See, see Sam, Sammy Zayn and I... Like a lot of the same music. I feel I'm gonna go with them. I'm gonna go with the underdog from the underground, the recently heel turned Sami Zayn. Now, Josh, it's unfortunate. Oh, fuck off! Is it really I not? I should have told you that, of course, this tweet came to us from someone on the NXT roster. Oh, can I re guess then? Sure. Alistair Black. No. It is the leader of sanity, Eric what? Young. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Young? Yeah, Canadian. He is Canadian. Big time punk element to his gimmick. Oh, son of a gun. Yeah. That's more obvious than it seemed. Is this always how Sunday Night Tweet feels? Yeah, well, I'm going to give you a freebie this time. This oh. is like a fill-in-the-blank spot. Okay. So this it's like the, the center spot of bingo. Okay, thank so, you. So this is just an extra bonus. Okay. This is, this is bonus tweet. Go ahead. To get you back on track, to I, boost your ratio a little hit, bit. Hit me, baby, one This more is time. another quote tweet. And it comes to us uh, from a gentleman who's quoting Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, I know him. And Dwayne says, it's official, The Rock Day. Such a cool and badass honor to have the mayor of Vancouver dedicate an entire day of his city to me. <laughs> or something I yeah, like yeah, that. Sure. It goes dot, 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 because the caption doesn't fit. Yes, yes. Uh, and the tweeter in question quotes this and says, ha, 
Rusev Day was here first. Get you own shtick. <laughs> I'm going to guess that this one is the Bulgarian brute, Rusev. It is. Yes. So congratulations. Back on track. Yeah, you are back on track. That's and very we funny. will go now to tweet number four out okay. of the bonus question. Okay. And this one uh, it was tweeted during last night's SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, by someone who was not on that show. Okay. Uh, and he says, or they say, maybe it's a woman. You you never know. I don't know. I don't they see gender. S- they say, maybe Corbin will start wrestling with a hat soon. <laughs> what? <laughs> because his hairline is his so hairline, bad. Yeah. That in addition to wearing a t-shirt to hide his weird belly button, <laughs> he'll wrestle his matches wearing a hat. A lot, soon of, lot of body shaving for poor Bear Corbin. Says maybe Corbin will start wrestling with a hat soon. Okay, let's go. So somebody with a, a good sense of humor, somebody who doesn't like Baron Corbin, maybe a babyface. You say not SmackDown. I'll go Raw. Babyface on Raw. Who with maybe a- it is someone from SmackDown who just wasn't on last night's episode. You never know. Oh, son of a gun. Well, I'm I'm gonna just ignore that because if I open up to the, all three shows, I'll never get this. I'm gonna go with uh, babyface tease man. Funny guy, Enzo Amore. Well, you shouldn't have ignored that because for a second consecutive tweet, it is the Bulgarian fruit, <laughs> Rusev, who was not on SmackDown last night and took to Twitter to roast everyone who was. Oh, Rusev is the best. Yes. Oh, that's a good tweet. And uh, our final tweet this week, tweet number five, is also a quote tweet of yeah. The Rock. Oh, wow. Somebody quote tweeting Dwayne The Rock Johnson. This is spooky. Is it Rusev? My guess is Rusev. And this time, The Rock says, I always knew our boy had some soul in him. And the tweeter in question quotes this and says, See? Rock knows. (laughs) These are good. (laughs) I always knew boy had some soul in him. So this is somebody who... who, Oh, uh... Maybe oh no, there's no way he's talking about Aiden English. She's not a big enough star. The Rock wouldn't know who that is. I'm trying to think of somebody who's singing, soulful. No, it couldn't be Elias either. I'm gonna go with uh, what they do. They've had a past. They've had a segment together. I'm gonna go with the the quasi leader of the New Day. I'm gonna say this is Biggie. Uh, you would think that the New Day would be involved, and tangentially they are because this is actually. Triple H. After video of him dancing with New Day in Santiago down in South America took off, Stephanie McMahon quote tweeted that original video and she she tried to do the whose man is this meme. But she, I don't know if she felt comfortable like talking that street or whatever. <laughs> so she said, whose husband is this? <laughs> question mark, God question mark. It. OMG. Ugh. And Steph's, and Steph's tweet got tweeted also. Another quote tweet, as the kids so love, from Triple H who says, yeah, it's in the song, Steph. <laughs> All about the hips and how you twerk them. Oh my god, this is real? Yeah. <laughs> how so did I miss Triple this? Triple H's Twitter was extremely embarrassing this week. Well, yeah. how did I do? How did I do? I think you did like three for six. That's pretty good. Technically, one was a bonus question, so it won't even get added to the total. So you were three for five with bonus. How did you like uh, being on that side of Sunday It was week? fun to pick them. Yeah. I thought you might like ask for hints more, because I definitely do. Oh, but you okay. were like refusing hints at every turn, it seemed like. Listen, Justin, uh, I win or lose on the strength of my own... Guessing. <laughs> the 
this cold medicine. I feel like I'm doing terribly on this show. <laughs> ah, no, it's going great. But why don't we move on to round, round number three. Round three, fight. Now, Josh, we all live in the universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. That's it's true. A, it's a big place full of vastness. Yep, true. Uh, and, of course, every universe has a champion. <laughs> And and every you never forget your first. <laughs> That's tr- these so far these are all true things. <laughs> I agree with everything you said. Yeah. But where is this going? I thought we were going to talk about Finn Balor, Justin. <laughs> How could you possibly get a Finn Balor from this? Well, of course he was the first Universal Champion. Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> you did it. And I have not yeah. forgotten him. No, or his very brief reign. But it seems like the WWE booking committee kind of has. Yeah, man, it does feel that way. He, he feels like a conf- confused man. It now feels like his his win over uh, AJ Styles on Sunday was merely a we don't want a SmackDown guy to beat a Raw guy thing. Yeah. I mean, it's the rumor for a while has been that he is going to be the next title contender against Brock on is that the right? road to to Roman at WrestleMania, but then, like, what? So that's why the AJ Styles win made sense to me. And also, I do feel that, like, as long as he's not losing all the time, AJ and, like, guys like Randy Orton, they're at a place where they are beyond wins and losses at this point. They are so beloved and over that, like, you know... Fucking Randy Orton can lose to Jinder Mahal for three months in a row. Yeah. And he doesn't lose anything because he's still Randy Orton and people are going to go crazy for him everywhere he goes. AJ Styles is beloved to that same extent. And I feel like maybe WWE doesn't always realize that in the best way that they could. Or maybe they do because he basically is anchoring SmackDown. He clearly has help now in Owens and Zayn. But, like, for... A year, he was the bona fide, clear-cut star of that brand. Oh, yeah, the even, house like, that even, AJ Styles built. Even with Dean Ambrose there. Like, you know, Dean felt like a big deal for about half of that time. Yeah. And then maybe petered out a little bit. But AJ has consistently felt like a huge deal. And he can lose to Finn Balor, and it doesn't matter. He can lose to Baron Corbin, and it doesn't matter. That's true. But it does matter for the people that he beats. Like, true. it does make Finn Balor feel like a big deal to you know, overcome a leg injury throughout the match and still be able to hit his leg-based finisher for the win. Right. Because the demon is, like, carrying him, basically. I really liked the story of their match. I really liked the win. I got me excited for Finn again. And then, wet fart on Monday Night Raw. What the fuck? Before we get into this Kane thing, I want to say one thing about the AJ-Finn match, okay? Okay. And I know, I, I don't know if I've talked about it much on the podcast before, I don't like Finn Balor very much. I find him like overrated to a degree of insanity. I don't think he's had many great matches, and he's awful on the mic. I don't have a Twitter handle. Why was he the demon on Sunday? Um, I don't know. He was originally supposed to be the demon against Sister Abigail, so maybe because they promised the demon, they still wanted to bring it out. But in kayfabe, why, why is he the demon? I guess because AJ is... Uh, formidable opponent okay so if he isn't the demon he doesn't view the guy as formidable because a month prior he had said hey if the man created the demon which is really more dangerous but in that and man, then the man won man. right but then that was go back to the demon yeah it, i find it all very convoluted well, i can't follow this well, guy finn balor again like 
we come back to this idea that like Sunday was in some ways a televised house show. Yeah. Because you go through all of this effort to give Kurt Angle this roaring comeback where he wins the match yeah. with the Olympic Shield bomb and pins the Miz to further. That's what the match is. It's Kurt Angle versus Miz. It'll of course, probably be a WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, and and that's a awesome use of Miz. Also, I think so. Um, but. You cannot give him that spot on Sunday and then immediately turn around and show him to be a helpless old man being bossed around by Shane McMahon and the Rara on the SmackDown roster on Monday. Yeah. Because those two things do not compute and therefore you have to assume that one of them was never supposed to happen and let's just disregard it. Yeah, it does seem a little strange and those are hard pieces to put together. But this wet fart you were talking about on Monday, you want to walk us through this? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for this Kane Braun feud. Yeah. I liked all of their interactions during the match. Mm-hmm. And if Braun had excellent matches with Big Show, which he did, then, you know, a, a Big Show on one leg, basically, as yep. we came to find out, then I do think that, like, there is probably a lot of room for Braun to have a great match with Kane. Yeah, I think so, too. I really I really would echo that. I'm, I'm looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, like, that is a feud that I am fully on board with. But if you were going to heat up Kane to make him look like a big deal before you feed him to Braun, there are other people that you should feed to Kane that are not the guy who just got a big rehabilitating win against AJ the night before. Yeah, this was awful, especially considering that you have a locker room full of guys who could have taken that pin that aren't Finn Balor. Jason Jordan. A a litany of guys. Jason Jordan just had great matches back-to-back with John Cena and Roman Reigns. There's a litany of guys that it could have been. Let's be honest. Almost anybody but Finn Balor would have made more sense, especially when you consider that between the the Demon and the, or the Demon King and the Demon Kane, there is a cool feud there somewhere down the line, maybe, with the, the two demons and who Who's really the devil's favorite son? This sort of thing. There's mm-hmm. legs to it. But for just a throwaway Raw match where Kane wins, this was baffling. What was this, Justin? Justin, make sense of this for me. You're there's the wrestling no, pariah. There's no, there's no way. Yeah. And even like Dave Meltzer has reported that like typically when there's some baffling decision that gets made, he can go to his sources backstage and be like, defend this. What is Vince's rationale? Yeah. And he, he said that like, People just had nothing. That like Vince even I guess must have nothing. That it was just a, a heat of the moment thing, and that afterwards he probably immediately regretted it. So maybe they're gonna treat it like it didn't happen. Disappointing. But like we all saw him get clowned with three choke slams in a row, and like that is a good finish. That it took him three to stay down. Sure. But the match was still so short. <laughs> That's the thing. It was like six and a half minutes tops. <laughs> yeah. Maybe less than six. It was mostly Kane offense, too. Yeah. It was very weird. Yeah. So, uh, I- so maybe it's because he wasn't the demon. <laughs> maybe that. If he was the demon, it would have been fine. He would have beaten them. It reminds me of an old joke. Can I tell an old joke on this show? Sure. Okay. So Farmer's talking to a city slicker. He says... Uh, Hey, you're going to buy a double-barreled shotgun. City Slicker goes, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Uh, what do you think about them? And uh, the farmer goes, I don't know. I was like my single. And uh, why would you use that? City Slicker goes, well, if I, uh, if I miss with the first shot, I get him with the second shot. And the farmer goes, well, if you always hit him with the second shot, why not fire the second shot first? This reminds me of the demon. If, the, if you always win when you're the demon, why are you not always the demon? Uh, I mean, eventually somebody will beat the demon, right? Yeah, probably Brock Lesnar. Yeah. But... But, like, 
God, like, there's so many natural stories that are just built into Finn Balor, and it seems like they are blowing all of them. Yeah. Like, this Bray versus Finn feud should be a big deal. Like, this should be a potential WrestleMania program where you see these two guys with, like, supernatural twinges to their stories bring out... Uh, like the best in each other by bringing out the worst in each other. Right. Like that's that, the story. That should be what we've been getting for the last three months, and instead, it's just been garbage. Is it the worst feud of the year? Oh, it's right up there. It's got to be the worst feud with the best wrestlers in it. I think. Yeah, probably. Man, it's been bad. And like, there there was a natural story to tell for him to take on Brock when he came back from injury. For him to be that first challenger that they gave to Joe instead. And right. look, it's hard to criticize that decision because Joe, like, they put the spoilight on him and he was amazing. He at the, soared. At the same time, they could have put that spotlight on him at any time. Right. And, and that's the performer that he is. He would step up and give you that performance. Whereas, like, there is a, there's a timeliness to having Finn come back and say, that's my belt. I never lost it. It was so weird to me that they didn't do this. And I say this as a guy who isn't a Finn Balor fan. It seemed like the only thing for him to do is come back and say, I never lost that belt. Let's go. Instead of just being thrown into the mid card, it makes no sense. Yeah. Like, I feel Everyone like. Everyone else gets a rematch clause? I feel like they think that that's like a move that they can, like, break glass in case of emergency on at any time. Sure. And it'll carry that emotional impact. But, like, it won't because the no. more. Like, we see him jobbed out to fucking Kane, the the more he loses what makes him special. Yeah, why on earth would you think he could beat Brock Lesnar exactly. for the Universal title exactly. right now? Exactly. When he just got fed to the guy who's going to get fed to the guy who couldn't beat Brock. Yeah, this is Kane's first win in how long? Like, I, I don't remember Kane's last win. I mean, he just beat Roman Reigns last week. I guess that was Braun, technically. You know what I mean. Yeah. Sorry, in a clean singles yeah, match. Yeah, I mean, that like, he wasn't even in that match. I don't know why I brought him up as yeah. the winner. But it's okay. I yeah. understand what you're saying. He, yeah. he looked strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. J- Justin, what do you think in – just a prediction here. Do you think you see Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar before WrestleMania this year? At Pro- some point. Yeah, I do. I, th- I think he's the next guy, and, and that's why it's so weird. Uh, because, like, I do want to see that match. I wanted to see that match – Back in, like, May when he came back originally, you know? Can I jump in here? Sure. Do you want to see Balor versus Brock because you never got Brian versus Brock? Like, you want to see the small guy, the David and Goliath? Yeah. Because there's a part of me, as even a non-Finn Balor fan, that it's like, uh, this kind of would scratch the itch of what I wanted. I don't think it'd be anywhere near as good as the Daniel Bryan match. Yeah, like, Brian is on another level. Of course. uh, To most people. Yeah. Not not just for Balor. But uh, there is a part of me that's like, ah, that David-Goliath dynamic, I want to see that. But the Finn Balor isn't making me want to see him in any sort of main event program. When you're gonna hate this, but when I see Elias, I see a guy who's who's given it. He he's not ready to face Brock Lesnar, obviously, but I mm-hmm. feel like his segments I'm more into than whatever Finn Balor's up to on Raw week to week. I'm as a ring worker though, like I, I've enjoyed some of his matches. I wouldn't say that Elias is ready to be in a main event or No, or I agree with that. But I would also argue program. what's Balor's best W main roster match? <sighs> I really liked him in that Fatal Five way at uh, yeah. Extreme Rules. I thought he was good in that, but that's not a one-on-one match. No, no, but that is the, probably. I it. mean, Sunday's match against AJ was probably, probably his best it. main roster match at yeah. this point too. Yeah, I think that's true for me too. Uh, I I did like the match against Seth at SummerSlam when he won the title in the first place. I think that was Seth's worst match that he had for like ten months before or after that. <laughs> 
All right. Seth well, is so good. And I, I, I really enjoyed that match a lot, though. And it was unfortunate that, uh, you know, the crowd just chanted about the belt for the entire time. That was I, awful. I don't know. Is there anything that they can do, basically, to bring Bra- uh, to bring Finn Balor, rather, back to the forefront for you as someone who doesn't like him, necessarily? Or is he, like, fallen into kind of Bray Wyatt, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler, <laughs> mid-card territory now I can't forever. say he's in that zone because I see a very clear out for Finn Balor. This is maybe six weeks ago or so, but Finn Balor had a, a pre-tape backstage where he act, he explained that these these old Gaelic monsters are what inspires him. And, and in a pre-tape segment, granted, it had a lot of cuts in it. I'm not going to dance around that. Mm-hmm. But I think there are promo packages. This is a guy who can deliver in ring, I think, at a, not a super high level, but he can deliver. Mm-hmm. And on these pre-tape promos, the character's interesting. Like, the more of this fantasy history you tell me about him, the more I'm into it. And if he finally harnesses that into something greater, I'm into that as a character. But when you have a guy who's just, every time he's handed the live mic, I find it very flat. And they're not doing him any favors on booking. So I really do think wrestling has proven to you, me, and everybody that almost nobody is beyond saving. You re- Look at Jinder Mahal. Yeah. I'm into his run. Who, who could have been lower? You literally can't get lower on a card than Jinder Mahal was. And now he's your champ and I'm buying it. And I guess that's reason to believe that maybe that Kane loss doesn't really mean anything right now in the long run either. Because sure. they just turn it on with who they want you to believe in. And when it's time to believe in Finn Balor... He'll get the wins that will make you believe in him again. Absolutely, and and I hope that does happen because I want I want to see what other people see here. I want to see him achieve. Well, I have another scenario that also calls back to a segment from several months ago, which you just reminded me of, but Go it's ahead. completely different from what you chose. Yeah, uh, this was I I can't even remember exactly when along the way it would have been, but there was an in ring confrontation between Finn Balor and Paul Heyman that basically teased Balor being a future opponent for Lesnar. And also, you know, Heyman had a segment recently where he talked about Jinder Mahal and insulted him that he doesn't insult uh, Brock's Any opponents. opponents yeah. He builds them up. And he certainly built up Finn in that segment yeah. to such an extent where it seemed like if this relationship between Brock and Heyman dissolves at some point, he goes then Finn. maybe there's a, a Finn pairing there, and maybe you reform the Bullet Club within WWE as a heel stable that's fronted by Paul Heyman. Okay, so I'm very into this. <laughs> I yes. need to just tell you that so, I, I'm very cause, into cause this. Because it seems like your number one complaint about Finn is that you don't like him on the mic. You, well, You would say... He's horrible. That's the promo with Paul Heyman. Mo- like for more than a year, you've you've harped on. Basically. He's horrible. That's the one with Seth. Um, oh, sorry, you're right. Yeah, the Seth's laugh is but horrible. But if you put him with Heyman and he got to cover that deficiency, and you got this guy who has like an intrinsically cool look, definitely, and amazing should, entrance, who should at some point get a heel run because like he is like he's cool, but he is a bad boy. Yeah, like, for ultimately. Sure. Uh, and like his smallness kind of plays into that, and it it would suddenly give Anderson and Gallo something to do, who have been good in spurts, but also, as I've said multiple times on this show over the weeks we've been doing it, just have felt lost since AJ went to SmackDown. Dude, that's great booking. There is not something I can think of that the sum is greater. What do you say than all of its parts? Yeah. The whatever, whatever that saying is, then Balor, Anderson, Gallows, led by Heyman. That's dynamite, and I like it more than I like any of those three separately. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because uh, I think Luke Gallows is a pretty funny guy. Yeah, and, and uh, Anderson is like, he's kind of cool, even though he's like super short or whatever. Supposed to be buzzing. Uh, <laughs> <there you go. laughs> 
Justin. This was a funny episode. Yeah. Enjoy it's this. been fun to have to like be your role, even <laughs> though I'm still talking a, a lot. But, you know, doing all the things that you do, like set up the rounds and all and all that fun stuff. It's very fun to see yeah. you do that. Justin, should we get on to some listener questions? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Why, well, I don't have a reason why not, do you? No, I have no reason why not. I think we should just, just do it. Then let's. Justin, I'm going to ask you our first question here, and it comes from uh, good brother Michael J. Foyce, Foyce to last on Twitter. Love uh, this man. Okay, Always, okay, you know, okay. Regular mailbag contributor. And he asks, what horror villains, giving us a Halloween theme, what horror villains would make the best and worst pro wrestlers? Horror villains. Yeah. Okay, well, I think we all have uh, you know, come to appreciate that Leprechaun is probably the worst, <laughs> especially in his origin when he was portrayed by Hornswoggle. I agree with that. Yeah, that's that's a great it's answer. Unbelievably bad. Have you seen uh, Big Boss Man at like 40 years old wrestle a guy dressed as Freddy Krueger in Japan? No. It's a very good clip. And let me tell you, Freddy Krueger makes a terrible pro wrestling well, thriller. Well, maybe he, that feud continued <laughs> in dreams. In hell. Like a year later when Bossman died. <laughs> Here, let me throw this out. I think Pennywise the Clown would make a very good pro wrestler. It's an interesting yeah. gimmick. A guy who appears as your fear. He has an awesome look. Like it, it, He already feels iconic in this It reboot. Absolutely. That, and, of course, there's a long history of clowns and wrestling. Sure, he's doinks grandfather or son i don't know if he's older or younger i don't know probably older he's like eternal he's from like 1907 i feel like okay 1907 yeah, yeah so he's, he's the grandfather yeah I, i'll say pennywise the clown would make a great uh, pro wrestler uh hmm i'm trying to think of like a good monster villain who could have like the same presentation as like braun Strowman. how about i pitch you some and you tell me if you think i know maybe it's maybe it is jason maybe jason Voorhees. yeah yeah I could see like that. Like, if he got the Braun Strowman kind of presentation. Sure. I mean, he sort of does already. It's just this unstoppable monster. Yeah. As a top heel, I think Jason Voorhees is a very good wrestler. Can I take that a step further? Sure. The only match I want Jason Voorhees in is against Kalisto. <laughs> Do you know why, Justin? Why? Mask versus mask. Of course. Come on, you of don't course. want to see no, that? No, it's great. No, and yeah, yeah, he's already wearing a mask, so he's a natural wrestler. That's I mean, listen, you, I think Jason Voorhees uh, for good. Yeah. Freddy Krueger, there is evidence of how bad he is. Yes. You can maybe we'll put that on the account later. And, of course, uh, just a delightfully spooky question. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> Justin, you seriously have to edit this out, but I'm horrified when you do that. Please don't leave this in, because I okay. look unbelievably okay, windy. I'll cut it out. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Oh, chill to our, our core. Our next question <laughs> comes to us from uh, Borgman Superfan at Blair Pachico. And he asks, if you had to pick one match or moment to show to someone you were courting about why you love wrestling, which would it be? Courting means you played basketball with them, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no. You were going one-on-one -on -one in a game of horse. <laughs> what pro wrestling yeah. match would you show them? Yeah. Uh, courting means date. You're taking yeah, on dates. Yeah. And so, Justin, in the, the dating life, when do you introduce that you're a pro wrestling fan? Uh, pretty early on. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I try to get it out of the way quick because it's like a reaction that's very telling as to how the rest of this is going to go. My, my last girlfriend on our first date, I said, you look like Paige, wondering if she knew who Paige was. Mm -hmm. And I showed her a picture and she was flattered, but... I didn't show her a page match. What I did, what I actually have a go-to match for this, if you can believe it. Okay. Um, and it's not necessarily just for courting, but it is, like, if I'm trying to show somebody why I like pro wrestling, 
And it's uh, Shawn Michaels versus uh, Mankind at Mind Games, I think 96 or 95. And it's just a good little match that showcases a lot of what I like about pro wrestling. Undertaker comes out of a casket at the end, interrupting the match. It's fun to watch. There's lots of big spots. Foley does such a good job of just being manic and insane. It's, it, it's real character-based, plus good in-ring. Really showcase a lot of pro wrestling, so I go uh, Foley and uh, Shawn Michaels sometimes. All right. Um, hmm. Well, I would probably – it's tough to think. Typically, what I would show would be, like, the thing that has the most emotional connection to me. Mm. Like, in the same way that if I was trying to convince someone that, like, Futurama is good, I'd show them, like, Jurassic Bark, the which is an episode, episode that yeah, makes yeah. me cry. Ugh. So, similarly, I would probably start with, like – uh, the Daniel Bryan monster package, and then oh. probably the Triple H match over the main event. I, I would probably go straight to the main event just to like for time. Sure. But the Triple H match is better. But I I do show that video package as like an example of like oh my god I'm so emotionally invested in wrestling <sighs> because watching this. Stupid package that's set to Imagine Dragons <laughs> will, monster, will make me monster, cry like probably multiple monster. times. It's so good. I've seen you tear up it. watching that. Yep. Um, because I'm not a wimp. I never cry. Uh, yeah, but you know, sometimes I do. And when I do, it's usually because of Daniel Bryan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I don't know. I don't have a specific example because my last relationship. She just wanted to watch a pay-per-view with me. And okay. It was SummerSlam 2015. And then after that, she was just like in. That's really cool. Yeah. But uh, I this is not necessarily courtship, but my former roommate, Graham Perkins, Graham. I also was like trying to make the pitch for him to get back into it. And when I did that, the two matches that I used were uh, the Royal Rumble triple threat. Yeah, of from, course. I think yeah. 2015 as well. Yeah, can't go wrong. Which is Seth. John Cena and Brock Lesnar, and then the other match that I used was Best versus Beast, uh, SummerSlam 2013, yeah. Punk Lesnar. Yeah, uh, tough to go wrong with either of those. Yeah, and again, in the, especially in that Best versus Beast match, you have Heyman's involvement. Like I feel like that's and like show. Graham is a huge fucking mark for ECW from back oh, in the day. What's so, up, Graham? So yeah, that worked for him kind of. But even he was bored by Cena in the Triple Threat match, and I was like, man, if you did not like that, I don't really have much more to show you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and it's over. Yeah. Justin, we have a, a last question this week, but it's not really a question. We got tagged in something and okay. uh, asked to expand on it. So Adam Blampied of What Culture Pro Wrestling, and or I think formerly now of Cultaholics, I believe it's called, uh, he put out a statement today, which you can find at his Twitter account, Adam the Blampied. I'm not going to read the entire statement, but he, uh, he effectively says, listen, I've been manipulating my position of power to ask women for, for nude photos, and I've lied to them and said I'm an open in an open relationship with my girlfriend, and I will be better. We got tagged in this by Mr. Matty Pie, uh, Matt on Twitter, and he says, I want to know what Top Mark's pod thinks about this. Um, I don't watch YouTube series yeah. like, ever. I, I started watching Being the Elite a little bit last week. How was that? I liked it, actually. Yeah, yeah. It felt a lot more corny and over-the-top than I was expecting. It's, it's like a live-action cartoon in some ways. Very hokey. Um, but it was fun. And I thought Cody was a star in it. I was like, this guy should do acting. Like, hey. I know he has a lisp or whatever. If that's holding him back, I don't know. But like, Yeah, whatever takes him out of wrestling. He's super I'm charismatic. And like, he just looks like a star on yeah. screen. So. 
I don't think you need to have really be too familiar with Adam Blampy to comment on it. He he's a YouTube personality. Basically, yeah. do you accept an apology in the situation? Well, you you weren't following when, him before. Yeah, when someone's like, I because a hundred thousand people watch me list wrestling things, <laughs> I want to publicly jerk off in front of women or whatever. Like, no, I I mean, I guess like what can you do? You cannot. I mean, can you just banish someone like that forever? You, you probably could, yeah. Listen. Is it, that the move, though? I don't know. I don't know this guy. I don't know what he did. Yeah. I, like, I know that, you know, it's like a thing now, apparently. Like, okay, can I – I'll be honest about something. Go ahead. I don't often think that, like, men using their jobs to impress women is, like, an inherently evil. It, no, I – It yeah. can turn that way, but, like – so much of society has conditioned you to think that you are like valueless unless you are doing something impressive. Sure. Uh, and so that's often the thing that you might turn to first to be like, look at this cool thing that I do. It's when you use that position to be like, and if you do this for me, I can help you exactly. because I, like that's when it gets weird. Uh, and like, I, I don't know, like, you know, we were having this conversation earlier about like, do you think, you know, that power corrupts and like, Obviously, it does. Of course. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to suddenly become this, like, freak who wants to watch fucking, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. I have a popular podcast. Is it popular to the extent of, like, what culture? No. You you but don't I mean this podcast. But I have fans, like, and some of them are female fans. And, like, I, it's cool to talk to these people and, when, like, know that you are a part of their day-to-day routine or whatever or week-to-week. And, like, I've become friends with listeners of the show. Of course. I can't imagine being like, I want to jerk off, you know? Like, yeah, it, there's it, no amount of power that I can think of where I would think that that would be okay. Asking what Top Marks Pod thinks about this, here's what I think about it. What's with all these guys wanting women to watch them masturbate and asking for nudes? Yeah. These are neither things that I yeah, like. Okay, look, I don't <laughs> want to say, like, look, Blampede, or whatever your name Just is. Just go ahead. Uh... <laughs> You can't hey, say, come on, man, yeah. though. Hey, guy, what's that all about? <laughs> but, you know, look, look, if there's a woman on the internet that you find attractive, you can probably jerk it to her without asking her for nudes. <laughs> oh, my know? God. No, look. <laughs> look, I realize that's a really weird thing to say. I, I get the this heart is, of it. These are the facts, yeah. you know? Sure. There's nothing stopping you from just, like... Like, any any number of pictures on Facebook or Instagram, like, if you already know this person online and you want to jerk off to them, you can just do that. You don't need to be like, uh, let me see your titties also. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you that you would think that that's what you should do? Yeah, it's just not that hard to not be creepy. Yeah. I don't, I don't struggle day to day to like not sexually assault people yeah, or be creepy. Exactly. And I'm not saying that I like no, 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 no. I, to Facebook all the time. Or, yeah. Like that's I'm me. Just, I'm just saying the pictures adjusted. That if this is what you want to do, there is no need to like actively bring this person into what you're doing. Yes. Okay. You're now creating a yeah. victim. Keep it to your fucking self. You fucking weirdo. Yeah. I, I have uh, what I think about this. I think it's extremely creepy behavior, super unsavory. Mostly echo what Justin's saying. And like, he's I wasn't. A, I'm, it's tough for me because I, I didn't watch his videos before. I'm yeah. not going to stop watching him. Would this be enough if you were a fan of him to stop? Probably. Yeah, I think probably for me too. Because then, like, he's saying he's going to go s- get professional help and stuff, and it's like, what? 
What? Because like you, because you couldn't afford to go to a therapist or whatever. That's why you like <laughs> exactly need, need to request nudes of you like every girl help. who <laughs> likes your work. No, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, like I'm, there's there is to me like I don't want to say that anyone is beyond redemption. That there's no yeah, second sure. acts in life or whatever. But like. This whole thing about like, oh well, I'm gonna go get help and treatment. It's like, well, Spare if you didn't me. know before yeah. <laughs> not, not to do that, then like, when are you ever gonna know that that was not what you should have done? Yeah. And again, this is a preemptive apology, probably before he was going to get outed in a worse way. So I don't know this guy. I never watched his videos, but if he's coming out to get out in front of it. I would be wary about what is actually coming up because it could be worse than he's letting on. You'll find no shelter here on Top Mark's pod. I mean, like, we weren't look, fancy to begin look, with, and fucking, fuck you. Fucking look at Gian Gomeshi trying yeah. to get out in front of his thing, yeah. and he made it sound trivial, and clearly it was not that. Didn't, so not trivial to him. So no. you know, go fuck yourself, yeah, Blampy, fuck you, Blampy, and fuck you, Gian. Yeah, and you too, Gian. Look. Look, and Harvey Weinstein, thinking, fuck you. Thinking that you can like just come back with a new podcast and be like, <laughs> oh, I'm just asking questions about things. My first topic on my new show is uh, men who have been cast out from society for being weird sex creeps. Isn't it awful how we castigate these people? No, I don't know that it is, Gian. I really don't know that it is, bud. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, fu- hey, seriously. I... I have no patience for this sort of shit. Don't be creepy. Don't be a weirdo. And again, don't be a sexual assaulter. Don't Harvey Weinstein like getting your assistant to watch you. Anyway, I'm not yeah. going down this rabbit. Yeah, you need to see nips to be able to come. What the fuck is wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, come on, weirdo. Fuck you. <laughs> Probably cut that part out. And with that, that'll do it for this week's episode of Top Marks. If you liked it, maybe uh, rate, review, tell a friend, all that sort of good stuff. Yeah, go on the iTunes store, and we always appreciate it when we, we always do that. appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin, did you feel uh, creeped out enough this week? I mean, I feel like I took us into a weird perversion place at the end there that was creepy enough for the entire episode. Probably. Maybe that's what we needed. But I wasn't talking about myself. No. To be clear, yeah. you, uh, here, I'm going to give you the out here. You you do not, nor do you condone people jerking off to Facebook. You're only saying that by him doing that makes him even worse because yeah. he's involving this exactly. person now. Yeah, I got exactly. what you were saying. I got what you were saying. Exactly. We but, understand each other because we're hashtag good friends. Yes, thank you. Uh, you, you know what a lot of good friends are, Justin? What? You know, for me, I want my friends to be of a certain quality of looks. I want my friends to be hot. Yeah. And, like, you know what? I want friendship to be the spice of life, <laughs> you know, to really make things interesting. So a good friendship <laughs> should probably be spicy. But the friendships, best friendships of all, Justin, the best friendships taste great. And that's because <laughs> they're curry men! <laughs> Titus Worldwide!